When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. On the Gopher Sports Network, from Learfield, this is the Golden Gopher Podcast. Brought to you by Schuler Shoes, where happy feet is happy life. Welcome to the Golden Gopher Podcast. I'm Justin Gard from KFAN Radio and the Gopher Radio Network. We talk to an assistant rowing coach new to the U with unbelievable international experience and competitive excellence. I'm excited for you to hear this unique episode this week. We'll get to Molly Bruggeman in a minute, but I want to first thank you for finding us. Leave a rating, subscribe, tell a friend if you haven't. It helps us grow. We appreciate you guys checking us out every single week. Tell a friend if you can. It really helps us out. Just like the great support from our friends at Schuler Shoes. They've been helping out the Golden Gopher podcast since day one. Schulershoes.com is where you want to go to find your location and check out their entire selection. We're coming up on boot season here because the weather is turning a little chillier. They've got great boot selection. I've been getting my boots from Schuler Shoes for almost a decade now. I highly recommend it. Like I said, find your location at Schulershoes.com. Molly Bruggeman is our guest this week. She's the new assistant rowing coach, having been hired just a couple months ago, and she comes with quite a resume. She most recently served 
as an alternate on the 2020 U.S. Olympic team, previously competed on the international stage. We go through it. Gold medal performances at the 2018 World Rowing Championships, 2015 Pan American Games, two wins at the 2014 World Rowing Under-23 Championships, and a silver medal in 2016 at the World. She's also been a coach the last five years at U.S. Rowing. She's a level two coaching course facilitator. She's unbelievable, and now she is assisting Alicia Strodel here at the University of Minnesota. This was a fun one. It was unique. For me to learn a little bit more about rowing, to learn about her background in rowing, and what it's like to be an Olympic athlete training for the Olympics when a worldwide pandemic delays it for a year. Good stuff with new assistant coach Molly Bruggeman. Coach, let's first start before we talk about your career a little bit, about what brought you to the University of Minnesota. Your hiring was announced, I think, early September, and you've been here ever since. So uh, what brought you to the U? Uh, great question. I was actually interested in coaching and had been in contact with a number of different programs, but Alicia actually ended up finding me. Um, and after one phone call with her of just a lot of really great um, information and transparency about the team um, and just what her vision was moving forward, I was really excited to, to continue that process with her. Um, so I would say it was just the one phone call that really got me excited. And then going through the interview process, meeting all the different staff, meeting Peyton, our administrator, um, I just found like I it was going to be a good place for me to grow as a coach. Um, so that was really the big thing for me. And what has it been like as a coach? Because you have coached some. You're still competing some as well. But I think I read something where you said, I'm looking forward to kind of getting on the other side of the megaphone and uh, and teaching a little bit. Uh, what's it, What's the experience been like? Yeah, that's right. I did say that. Um, it's been really good. I I have a very, I would say, long background at being an athlete myself. Um, I spent about seven years training for the national team for rowing. And so I just wanted, I was looking forward, I am looking forward and still working on translating some of that knowledge that I have learned about myself as an athlete to bring that to the team and to have it be an experience where they can further themselves also athletically from things that I have learned about myself. What was, what was it like to be a coach at a race where you competed? I'm talking about the head of the Charles, um, which everybody yeah. that like, I have to imagine, is that like a, Oh wow. Life comes full circle moment. Like you obviously at Notre Dame, which we're going to get to competed there a time or two. And that's one of the, the more famous races in the country. And, and we talk a lot Absolutely. about it pretty much every single year. So what was that like to go someplace where you had some moments as an athlete and all of a sudden you're coaching? Well, that's a, <laughs> it's true. It's, it is definitely a full circle moment. Um, and I think for me, it, it was, just, it's such a fun race. Like it is just some of the best people are rowers in my, in my opinion. So when they're all gathered together, it is definitely a fun time and just the environment is special. Um, so for our athletes, a lot of them, it was their first time competing in that race. And I have competed in it, I believe at least six or seven times <laughs> yeah um and i've won three times so it is and every time is hard every time it's a really tough race it's a long race um but the but the atmosphere is what is makes it really really awesome and um i tried to bring that to our athletes too like you know um i think the good thing to remember in those long races we have in the fall is that you know no matter what location they're at um we're still going to be racing to our best. And so we had, you know, had the Mississippi earlier in the season that 
um, is another similar head race style piece. Um, so giving that, giving our all on race day, it shouldn't really matter the location, you know. So just keeping that in mind as as uh, the, the pressure was felt maybe a little bit more on such a higher stage in Boston. Um, but just trying to keep our heads about us and, and just going out there and just giving our best race, is what, which is what I think we ended up doing. So. When I yeah. talk when I talk to Coach Stroller, I've talked to others in rowing. You know, one of the cool things about collegiate rowing is that a lot of times uh, the athletes maybe have never rowed before they get to college, and they come from other teams, they come from other sports, they want to do something athletically, and rowing fits them. You were very different in that you started rowing, I think, in eighth grade, and pretty quickly it became clear that you were going to take, you know, going to do something with it in your life and in your career. So w- tell us about, a little bit about when you discovered rowing in your hometown of Dayton and maybe when you knew it was something you'd be really good at. Uh, yeah, I am definitely more of an anomaly in that. Uh, I stuck with it a long time. Um, I would say I, when I was introduced to rowing, it was through a um, family friend, and he has kids that are my similar age and growing up we went to the same school um so i was always someone that he had thought of as and you know generally a taller woman and um definitely in the build of a an athlete but never found my never found my sport that's for sure i i joke that i am just better sitting down going backwards more than anything else (laughs) so um yeah, that was uh, it was at introduction and just the simple, oh, you're tall, you should give this a try, um, which hap- funnily enough happens to be how a lot of walk-ons get into the sport. So, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a natural fit for me where it's, it's the sport that, you know, when you want to work hard at something, um, it's a pretty much a one-to-one ratio. The harder you work at this sport, the better you will get. So. I like that about it as well. And when did you realize that you you were good at it and it was something that you could take maybe even into college and beyond? Um, honestly, it took um, a couple – it took about a year and a half or two um, for me to really realize that I could utilize rowing as a way that, to get into college. Um, so that avenue was really what interests me and what made me want to work for my goals. Um a, another woman on my team in high school ended up going to Notre Dame um, as a, when I was, a, I believe, a sophomore. She ended up going. And just seeing that someone before me could make it happen and make it work and, and could go after a goal like that made it possible for me to also do the same. Um, so I would say, yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't a couple, it wasn't until a couple years into my rowing that I realized that this could be, if I worked hard enough at it, this could be a way that I could um, – fulfill some of my goals and looking at your collegiate bio you may be able to update this for me at the time you were in college you were the eighth member of your family to attend notre dame um Uh, has that number been updated since you graduated that's you because you really had no choice i mean that had to be the easiest recruiting job ever for your coach (laughs) yeah i mean i pretty funny i on a junior day visit, my my junior year of high school, it was funny. My my dad and I attended a visit with the athletic department and met some of the coaches, and they played a preview video um, about you know what life would as a student athlete would be like at Notre Dame. And after the video ended, my dad had started crying. Yeah. So, <laughs> after our coaches saw that, they were like, "Okay, yeah, this is probably going to be a lot easier uh, than uh, than we thought." <laughs> So, yes, um, eight, eight members of my family 
Um, my younger sister also ended up going as well. Um, who She ended up rowing um, as a freshman when I was a senior. So that would be number nine. Um, I, but I believe it is a pretty accurate number when I was there. That's a, yeah, it's hard to beat the father crying on the visit. You've really got no chance after that. It's over. <laughs> it's a wrap. Even if you wanted to go somewhere else, you couldn't at that point. I mean, when dad's crying. <laughs> but it looked like it worked out pretty well. All-American a bunch of times, and then you start to compete internationally too. Take me through – the process of, of competing internationally, maybe when that fir- the opportunity first presented itself and what that was like? Yeah, so um, I think the first time I competed internationally was the summer after my um, sophomore year of college. Um, I had been very much interested in representing the U.S. Um, when I was in school. Um, so I was invited to a selection camp in the summer, um, ended up making the team, that year and it kind of just built off from there where once I got a, once I got a taste of it, I really wanted to work for more. So that was my sophomore year ended up going as well. My, the following summer after my junior year. And then again, my, after my senior year was my final under 23 uh, appearance, but yeah, uh, that, and then that was what was a stepping stone for me to um, move to Princeton, New Jersey following graduation and ended up staying there for seven years, just working a little bit each day to get a little bit better. So, What's that life like, you know, where you're representing your country and, and like you say, you're on a team and you're, and you're competing with each other. You're also competing against each other, I would imagine, a little bit in, in a competitive environment there. So when you're, you're trying to take it internationally and do things on the international stage, what is that experience like? Um, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, um, it's such a competitive environment, like you said. Um, and sometimes I think it's just to our our benefit that it is so competitive at home for us because we are used to that challenge when we travel internationally. Um, we have about 20 or so members of the team at any given time and only a small amount of them end up racing, Um, at the world championships at at the end of every year. So having that competitive environment definitely pushes uh, everybody forward. So it's, it is a little, it is a little tough to be um, surrounded by people that you are competing with every day, but they're also some of your closest friends because um, as most rowers know, it is, uh, it is a very bonding sport and pushing yourself to that point, pushing, pushing that you're, your barriers every day. Um, It's definitely motivated by the people around you. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. Mm. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. To remind people that are listening that may have uh, glossed over the intro before we started talking to Molly, uh, gold medal performances at the 2018 World Rowing Championships, the 2015 Pan American Games, two wins at the 2014 World Rowing Under-23 Championships, silver medal at the 2016 World Rowing Championships. Take me through the, the gold medal in 2018, what you remember about that. Oh, that was such a great year. Um, (laughs) I was put into that four um, 
and it was a pretty, it was a very new lineup. When we actually struggled a lot at training that summer and in the lead up to World Championships, um, and it was definitely frustrating a lot of times, um, feeling like we weren't making progress. But once we um, took the trip over to Bulgaria, was where the world, where World Championships were that summer. Um, things started to click, and a lot of our hard work paid off, and we started to move together. So um, it was a pretty surreal race in that um, it it felt, uh, I would say, like one of the easier races I've ever done, mm. but also um, one of, you know, just in that we were we were winning and it, when you're up and you're winning and you're able to see the boats around you and that you're able to hold them off, um, it's there's no better feeling than that <laughs> than pushing through people. I believe that. Yeah, I've always wondered <laughs> how you keep track of people in the water when when you watch. And if you're if you're in front of them, I guess it's pretty easy, right? So what what if you're not? You're trailing and you're trying to figure out. I mean, you just have to keep your head down and keep going. You do have one person usually in the boat um, if it's without a coxswain. Uh, which is what the R4, we did not have a coxswain. So you have one person who usually is looking around, making sure um, they keep an eye on everybody's margins. But, yeah, uh, it, it can be tough. But, like, you just, like, again, you just have to trust in your teammates that you are going to stick to your race plan and, and make it out in front. Last so. couple of questions for you. Um, the interesting thing about the 2020 Olympics is that they happened in 2021. So I want to start right. there as someone, because we got those stories a lot during the Olympic games. Like you get started, you train, you mentioned you were in Princeton, New Jersey for seven years. You're working up to a moment like that. And then the world shuts down and pretty quickly it's clear that the Olympics aren't going to happen, nor should they, but that's tough for, for a high performance athlete who you probably trained and planned and, and did everything you, you needed to do to be ready for 2020. So what was that like? Uh, it, as most other athletes would tell you, it was probably one of the more dark times of training for us. Um, it is really tough to have you a, a certain date set in your mind um, and the build up to it and all the stress and the pressures. Um, and just general anxiety of the Olympic year to have it stretched out to next year is very tough. And that mental aspect aspect definitely affected affected me as well as my teammates. Um, but just then, um, kind of refocusing and reframing, I I ended up getting injured too. Um, so yeah. that that was tough um, going into the the next year, um, and just having you know a lot of uncertainty with what the future was going to be for us in that fall heading into 2021 um we were training in small boats which is not the norm for us in singles um we couldn't really interact that much on land um and we were very much isolated as well in our training um so it was it was definitely tough but um making it through together, I think made us stronger in a lot of ways too. And so how do you just reset it and in from, okay, it's not going to happen in 2020. We're hoping it happens in 2021 as it did. It didn't really, you know, happen like it was supposed to in terms of fans and everything with the experience. So how, how were you able to kind of reset it and then start looking towards 2021? Um, I think that, I, spending time at home was a good reset. Yeah. Um, spending time with my family, I luckily got to head back to Ohio for, to do that. Um, and yeah, just 
spending time with my family, um, and then just going back to the basics, like um, spending time on the erg, um, and just remembering why I do what I do. You know, it another year is tough, but I had to remember the greater goal of heading to Tokyo, and just keeping that in mind, even when on the dark and the really tough days. Um, yeah, it, it is. A, it's, there's no one good answer. I feel like yeah. for reframing it. Um, you just had to do I what you had to do. Def- it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely one day at a time. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. And that's consistent with what we've heard from a lot of other athletes as well. So as an alternate, what was that experience like? Um, I think it was tough. Um, it, I am obviously so happy I made the team in the first place. Yep. Um, I think that was, that is, in, you know, a great accomplishment of itself. Um, but I don't think anybody plans to, um, go to the Olympics as a spare. They go. They want to go as part of the team. Um, so, you know, watching racing, um, and then just I just had to, you know, re um, reframe my experience and just remember my role as as someone who is there to support the athletes who are racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be that sounding board. Um, I just had to do everything I could to just make sure that everybody was ready to go. Um, and I think that's important. You know, it's a very important role. Um, obviously I, w- I wish I would have been there racing with them and supporting them in that way. But I think I just tried to adopt, you know, the best I could a role of being the best teammate I could be. Well, and as you move forward coaching, I would imagine that's something you'll have empathy for people that are in that role now, I would imagine, right? That that's, and that's probably when Alicia hired you, you know, when she talked about some of the adversities you've been through, that was probably, you know, part of it, right? That you'll, you, I mean, you have to be a good teammate sometimes and it's tough maybe, but that's a pretty mature answer from you saying, Hey, I had to reset. I had to be there for, for those in the boat. That's, you're going to get something out of that. I would imagine long-term as well. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, every individual athlete wants the best for themselves, but we have to look at, you know, what's best for the team as well. And that's definitely something that I've come to understand more as a coach too. Um, our athletes are, you know, that's gotta be the big thing is what's going to make the team the fastest. You know, if, if I'm doing the best I can and yeah, the team will keep benefiting from that. Last thing for you, you recently competed about, a, I guess we're in November now, about a month ago in Portugal, uh, the World Coastal Rowing Championships. They tell me that uh, coastal rowing is a little bit different, um, but what was that experience like and is you know competing something that you're going to continue to do here moving forward? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different, just a little different. <laughs> um, just uh, imagine rowing. Um, but you, it's with two oars instead of one and there are massive waves and wind and current and, uh, and not a straight line course by any means Yeah, and a mass start. So <laughs> rowing, but very, very different. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I'm not sure if that is going to be the path forward for me. Uh, it yep. is, uh, it's got a lot more challenges than just going as hard as you can in a straight line uh, from point A to point B. Um, so I like the challenges, but you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on an answer as to whether or not that's going to be uh, in my future. I think that's racing. fair. I think that's fair. It's yeah. It sounds um, 
I mean, it sounds like I'm watching like Deadliest Catch or something with waves yeah, crashing onto the boat. That doesn't very, seem doesn't seem enjoyable. Similar. Yeah, and you get no fish at the end of it. So, well, I appreciated the time. Uh, it's nice to meet you over the phone here. Um, hope you're enjoying the coaching and everything that comes with that. We're happy you're at the U, and uh, thanks for taking the time today. It was fun. Thank you so much. It was great. My thanks to Molly Bruggeman for taking the time. That was fun. That was cool. That was unique to talk to someone at the top of her craft at an international level and now here as an assistant coach for the U. If you'd like to learn more about the rowing program, we've had Alicia Strodel on a couple of times. Those are always fun conversations. You can check out their work, check out their schedule at gophersports.com. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Golden Gopher Podcast. I want to thank again our great partner, Schuler Shoes. Find your location. Check out their entire selection, including boots, now that the weather is getting colder, at SchulerShoes.com. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on the Golden Gopher Podcast. The Golden Gopher Podcast has been brought to you by Schuler Shoes, where comfort and style are always in step. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Gopher Sports Network.